This is an Eye on Annapolis special update. Hey, joining us on the phone today, because there is absolutely no way to meet any other way in this middle of this pandemic, we have Josh O'Sullivan, who is the Chief Technology Officer of Artalist, which is a company here in West Annapolis, as well as Jessica Lawrence, who is the lead analyst for Artalist. And you guys, in the most basic sense, are a cybersecurity type consulting firm, right? Yes, John, that is correct. Um, Artalist is a, a cyber defense company, um, as you said, headquartered here in Annapolis. We work with a variety of different organizations. Um, we've worked pretty extensively with the U.S. Navy to help build out cyber defense capabilities that are used throughout the fleet. Um, a lot of our team members are former Navy personnel, and including Josh and myself. We're both former Naval officers. So we do a lot of work with, the, with uh, government contractors, especially with the new compliance requirements that um, the DOD came out with earlier this year, the cybersecurity maturity model. Um, but we also work with small businesses, and we believe um, a similar model can help all businesses get started on their cyber maturity, um, whether they do business with the government or not. There are a lot of demands on small businesses right now. We know <laughs> we are one. Right. Um, so it can be more of a struggle to understand what cyber maturity means to them and what it gives them and how it helps their business expand. So that's really where we come in. Um, our job is to help understand what's most important for them, um, given each company's unique needs, and the best way to get started and the best way to mature over time. Well, it is a huge issue that's going on. And I mean, you can just look at the hacking. I mean, I don't think anymore now where anytime you pick up the news, you're hearing about COVID, but if this was not here and, and certainly it is still happening here, but every time you pick up the newspaper or go online, you're hearing about something. Okay. Did the 2016 election get hacked? Are they trying to hack into the 2020 election? Equifax, you look, you know, every, every time there's some sort of a data breach that's coming in there and we, our world has really gelled around being online and, uh, you know, have some sort of a you know, a cyber type of a relationship, whether that be business or personal or everything else there. So it certainly is something that needs to be concerned, um, obviously, about the big dogs that you're working with, with the, you know, with the naval and the large defense contractors, but smaller businesses as well, because a data breach or a hack or a takeover or whatever it may be, can be absolutely devastating for a smaller or medium-sized business. I would say the Navy probably could handle it a little bit better than uh, the t-shirt shop on Main Street. Well, for, for any size organization, Johnny, it, 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 it's hard, uh, you know, and, and fundamentally it's, it's a matter of, of, of risk management, uh, which boils down to understanding your organization, understanding what's important, understanding what it depends on, and understanding the threats to it. And so fundamentally, whether you're you're a one person shop or or you know hundred thousand person shop, the the fundamentals are the same. Uh, and and usually, you know, we, as we work with all types of businesses and organizations, um, we we find them that that level of maturity it is the same throughout. Well, do you find most with most businesses that you work with? Again, I'm looking more toward the small and the medium sized businesses. As you go in, and I'm I'm assuming that you do some sort of a um, overview as to okay, so where are we now at this point? Let's set the barometer. I know that I am probably a lot more lax than I probably should be. Do you find most businesses are not up to speed? I mean, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to be 100% up to speed with what you're doing because you obviously wouldn't be in business because if they were. But are most businesses really lacking in in their cyber protection? Oh, sure. Well, uh, you know, if, if, and this is always the rub is what's good enough. Uh, you know, you, you might have bars in your windows at home. You might have an alarm system at home. You might have different security features around your house or you might not. Uh, you know, part of that is, is really derived by the level of concern and, and uh, 
threat you feel, and and so the risk management. And generally, you'll find that folks have bars on their windows because their neighbors have bars in their windows. You know, and, and, and that also applies in, in in terms of cybersecurity. You know, fundamentally, when we talk about what is cybersecurity and what we're trying to do and what what a hack is, uh, you know, a, the best definition of a hack is really just proving an assumption false. So, uh, generally, some Individuals have been able to figure out, okay, well, hey, this was the assumption they made when they built the system or put this application in place or when this business started doing that. And they simply just took advantage of some of the assumptions that were made and and, and was able to kind of work around it. Back in the day, we used to, uh, hacks were a good thing, right? They were, they were how we were creating new features and kind of working out new ways of doing things. And it's been interesting how the language has evolved over the years. If I can add on to that just a little bit. Um, we want to meet companies where they are. Um, so we, we understand that you know cybersecurity isn't a one-size-fits-all um, endeavor. So our model is based on going and talking to the company and working with them together um, based on their needs and budget to figure out what the best path, best path forward is for them. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point, Justin. You know, a good example, there's a, there's a small company we we're working with here last year, uh, uh, local Denapolis, 15 people, and, uh, you know, they were typical working in the office, you know, kind of the, the standard set of office tools. And we worked with them to get on to Microsoft's platform, uh, start using Teams, start really using kind of a digital interface. And so uh, when all these lockdowns happened and they were no longer able to work in the office, they, they've been able to, to move forward without any hiccups whatsoever. They're, they've even had since become a digital company. And so, um, you know, what we're finding right now from that might be called security, that might not, but really it's about that survivability. It's about that resilience that, that they've been able to pick up. And so not only are they doing surviving right now, but they're actually thriving in this space. That brings up a great point. And I never really thought of that. And you, you, you really sort of illustrated it perfectly is that there's a company that is shuffling papers across the desks and, you know, handing things back and forth and whatnot. And then the crap hits the fan, they flipped a switch and now they're virtual. Um, and again, that's, right. you know, it, it obviously evolves around, you know, with cyber and electronics and, and the whole interweb that we've got. But I mean, that enables the business to continue on as a viable entity, as opposed to shutting down and going home and filing unemployment and, you know, dealing with the PPPs and the, you know, everything else. Exactly. And that's, uh, I, I never it, it, really gave it much of a thought that that was a, a an element of this. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I offer with 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 this virus here and, and everything that's going on with the, with the economy and the community that there, there probably isn't a going back. Uh, you know, there, we kind of wonder, you know, it, as people get used to working from home, in some cases it works well, in some cases it don't. Uh, you know, schools are becoming more digital as businesses are are trying to just simply survive and afford, uh, you know, whether having office space or not. You know, what what does digital transformation mean? What does shifting to more of this 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 digital type of organization and in the case in point of this company they 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 flat out told us that hey look if we'd not worked with you a year ago we, we wouldn't be surviving now that was then and this is now and even today as as you know the state and federal government are looking at how to how to invest our our, our taxpayer dollars to help keep our economy going keep our community going there is this second wave this this new wave of, of transformation where companies are able to put their business processes on the machine, right? We used to we used to just try to put information into the machine and have it summarized for us. And now we're looking at this this world where we can actually put our organization on those machines. Um, 
And you know, we, we, we partner with, with Microsoft. Uh, they do a fantastic job in terms of their platform they offer. And uh, they, they build some of the security into the system, which, which means then that we can work with our customers to not only help them kind of optimize their processes, but also better secure what they're doing inside of them. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and, you know, from a personal point of view, I hope that we never get to the point that we're always, uh, all of our businesses are now, you know, online and into an electronic format. I mean, I do certainly after six weeks of this, I do miss a lot of the face-to-face contact that, uh, that we have. And I think that's certain, I mean, I don't ever see that going away, but I mean, the ability to be able to flip that switch, you mentioned schools. I think that would be fantastic. You know, you get a snowstorm that comes down it's like, okay, kids, no snow day today. Just go down to the kitchen and fire up your laptop and log in and here, here's your classroom. And I think that the, um, you know, the ability to be able to do something like that is pretty much phenomenal. Right. And, and, and yeah, I, I think if we look in the future, it's all about the and to, to your point, right? It, it, it's the ability to work in the classroom and at home, but you know, making the world more of a, of a, of an open place that we can learn and, and explore and, and work together. in. we've also talked about, like, I know, I know a number of cops and they always say that, you know, the criminals are always one step ahead of the cops. You know, if you, you put up a, mm-hmm. a burglar alarm in your house with a camera, there's some criminal with a can of spray paint to spray paint the lens. So he's not captured on the, on the video or anything like that. Is that the same way with, you know, what, what you guys are dealing with, that there's always somebody one step ahead of you or trying to get one step ahead of you? Oh, certainly. You know, that, that, that's really the name of the game. And, and the, the, the challenge right now in, in, in the broader uh, you know, cybersecurity field is, uh, you know, how much should each and every individual be a cybersecurity expert? Uh, you know, and, and fundamentally, we believe that, that really you need to be an expert about your business, about your organization, about your non- nonprofit. And by understanding what what matters to that, it's the same logic in terms of how you're protecting the risk of the company. Uh, you know, don't don't take the family's crown jewels there and put them in a place that that uh, you know you don't leave them outside the front door, so to speak. Fundamentally, that's why we we try to work with businesses of all sizes to to understand even those national level risks down to those one-person companies because those one-person companies uh, are, are doing things that are that are critical to our communities, critical to our states, and critical to our nations. Now, we, we can we can get all nuances of, of threat management and intelligence and sensors and different layers of defense, and, and uh, but fundamentally, it comes down to the, very simply uh, that, that race condition with, with criminal activity and, and uh, malicious activity. And that's part of why we've kind of built the company the way that we have um, because we have that internal business operations expertise among our um, among our team, and also the information technology cybersecurity expertise, so we can we can talk to both. They, they don't have to be siloed. Like your your business and your business success is directly connected to your cyber defense. So yeah, so being able to 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 walk that line and manage how this is going to affect your business's ability to expand and take on risk is an important part of that. Right. And, and some of the things we do is also help digitize those. So, you know, for a company that's trying to improve their sales, right, they, they need a customer relationship management system to help manage those relationships they're having with each individual customer and, and be able to optimize their customer's journey, their success in, 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 in what they're offering. What do you find for, again, small to medium-sized businesses? Where Where is the most vulnerable spot of their Either their cybersecurity system or their lack of cybersecurity system. Where where is the biggest vulnerability that you guys have found? That is a great question. Uh, so fundamentally, we we find that uh, email tends to be the biggest vector, the easiest way to to reach 
uh, many potential victims for fraud or ransomware or other kind of uh, you know, bad cyber days. Now, fundamentally, you know that that might be an attachment, that might be a link. Uh, and as we've shifted to not just email, but Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and 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 you now Zoom and, and other means, we're still passing around uh, things that have have some level of trust. You know, please open this, please click that. And uh, really, when it boils down to it, it is it is how the end user is making the decision on what to click on. Uh, and then we're doing from a cybersecurity perspective is is trying to help one enable them to make be- those better decisions, whether to click or not click, but also then to try to help uh, shore up some of those vulnerabilities in the system, help help reduce the likelihood that either that that malicious email or link gets to them, as well as reduce the consequences of when they do click on it. And I've got a real quick question for you. Okay, I've, I've got a number of people that follow me on our Twitter account, and I don't know all of them, obviously. Um, is a link sent through Twitter potentially as dangerous as a link that's sent to me by email by somebody that I don't know? I mean, I, I never open those links. I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm smart enough to not fall for that. Actually, I'm dumb enough to right. fall for it once. I fell for it once, and I paid the price and learned my lesson. But you know, I mean, if I get an email from Bill Smith and I don't know a Bill Smith and says, hey, check this out and there's no context to it or I'm not expecting it. It's like, OK, delete. But if Bill Smith said, hey, you know, you need to check this out on Twitter with a link. I'm more apt to do that. Are they right? And, and that, that that is that is a liable vector. Right. So so uh, in fact, actually, it's it, it's more effective because we, we generally have less things protecting you from clicking on a bad link. Uh, also, you know, John, you, you, you run a great uh, a blog and a great podcast, and you know, so your your audience is probably more than likely to click on your links, right? So there's a degree of trust there. And so, if we're working with you, for example, to to better protect and defend what you're doing here, we would want to build in some ways for your audience to understand that that is you sending that link, that it is a good link. Uh, you know, ideally on, on their end, they have some software on their, their laptop or their mobile device that is checking that link. Um, and, you know, we, we work with FireEye, which, which is a world-class threat intelligence company. And what they do is pay a lot of attention to bad guys and help translate that into, hey, that link you just clicked on, that was a bad link. And so they will help redirect that through their system and check for it. I think, as you, as you eloquently pointed out earlier, in terms of criminal activity, that they're always trying to be one step ahead. So... We pay a lot of attention to what they're doing. They pay a lot of attention to what we're doing. And, uh, you know, each and every day is, a, is, is, is kind of a new day in that, in that regard. This isn't something that's just going to go away. It's come a long way from the, uh, the uh, single email saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a rich Nigerian prince and I've got a million dollars for you. You know, just send me sure your have. bank account it's, information. And unfortunately, those, those still work. Uh, you, know, you know, I so, hear about so, that all the time and I just shake my head going, Pardon, but you know what idiot falls for that? But you're right. I mean, I hear that they do. Um, I, you know, I get calls probably once a month or so from somebody. I, I work pretty much on the Apple ecosystem entirely, uh, telling me that I've got a problem with my Microsoft Windows program and they want to work me through it. And here, mm-hmm. go, go to this special link. And I'm like, yeah, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. And uh, then I get the uh, I get the Bitcoin ones where they say, hey, we've uh, we've planted a thing on your computer and we. Uh, activated your camera and we know where you went and we took videos of it and we're going to send it to all of your, you know, all of your contacts unless you give us, you know, 6,000 Bitcoin or whatever it is. So, I mean, uh, but the, the scams are out there and people are falling for them. Right. And, and look, fraud is always going to be something. It was something way before computers. 
it's going to be something way after computers. Uh, you know, and the fundamentals there is why why you have a, a partner like us is is to work with you to to want to optimize to make sure that that your company doesn't have a, a catastrophically bad day. That it, it maybe it's just a bad day. Uh, and then at, at the individual level, uh, fundamentally, you know how you separate those experiences, right? Start to become more and more important. And uh, you know, do do you use the same from a from an organizational perspective? Do you let your users use the same systems to surf the internet and click on whatever links to to what they're doing with their financials and, and their sales activity and their and their invoicing? You know, some do, and, and we, we sometimes find that, that they had some, some fraud and, and someone wrote a check to someone that shouldn't have gotten a check. Others don't, or, or we put other ways in, in place to, to keep them from either clicking on the link or, or simply replying back to emails. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, fraud can be good enough that anyone will, will click the link or, or, or do what they ask you to do. Uh, so there is some basic training that we, we, we can provide, uh, as well as you know, fundamentally, the key principle that, that any of your audience should understand is that, hey, look, if this is something that's important to me and I'm working with someone or talking with someone and they're getting me to interact in a way with something that's important to me, I should take a step back and look at, should I be doing what they're asking me to do? True, true. Have you found anything as we're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, are there any security issues that are surrounding that or that may continue from that that people should be aware of or cautious? Oh, of? most definitely. Most definitely. So uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, threat intelligence reports from FireEye as well as Microsoft that uh, there's been a lot of targets around this COVID information and, and coronavirus information. Uh, government information. A lot of folks are, are are worried and scared, and so they're they're reading everything they can, uh, you know. And so from from misinformation to uh, just trying to get people thinking different ways to uh, getting someone to click on a link and maybe run something malicious on their system, it usually takes about ninety days, maybe less, maybe a lot more. Uh, the average right now is fifty four days to finding something, but it, it's been as much as eighteen months. And so, you know, right now we are taking more risk with our systems. A lot of companies are, are opening the firewalls and, and opening everything up so that they can support people working remotely. However, that's also opening the door to, to more uh, malicious activity. Well, this is like uh, what so happened we, with the Zoom bombing exactly. that, that we hear. I mean, you know, nobody nobody had heard of Zoom eight weeks ago. I, I say nobody, but very, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a verb eight weeks ago, and now it now it really right. is. I know I know that they really had to address a lot of what they had because with the for those that aren't aware of Zoom bombing and you can correct me if I'm wrong but this is somebody is able to find the meeting number and just join in anonymously and then start streaming whether it be pornography or taking over the conversation or just whatever. Right. And and, and you know fundamentally we, we there's a it's a pattern that shows up time and time again in that uh you know we we need to have a conversation so we're going to just go create a meeting uh with with no thought of okay well hey we're going to make sure that this meeting is only accessible to to you and I or or to this group notoriously then those things that we should do trails behind of of what is being done uh and and you know, back to that race condition there of of you know, something bad happens. Okay, well, we're now going to have a policy to, to stop those bad things from happening. Uh, those then generally turn into, well, that's not how the system should work. So now we're going to have to work on addressing how the system should work. You know, well, this is what bad guys are doing. So we're now going to try to address how those bad guys are doing it and maybe maybe different ways of, of, of managing that. You know, and, and each organization does that in a unique way. Each individual does that in a unique way. 
Uh, but fundamentally, we find the patterns over and over again that, hey, look, we had to do this. We had to make it work first. And then security uh, is usually a, a secondary activity based on whether something bad happened or not. Well, yeah, I, I imagine that's a business decision. I'm, I've got a great idea. I want to do this. Let's see if it works, see if it takes off, and then we'll figure out how to lock it down if we need to. Why spend you know, all the money in the development of you know, locking down something that nobody wants to get into to start with. Um, exactly. And, you know, look, the, the safest place for a, for a boat or a ship is important. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what they're looking for. But I, I know that, you know, when I owned my travel agencies, I wasn't, I mean, we had an online website and everything else, but there was no real cyber commerce or there was no e-commerce that was going on there. And one mm-hmm. time, you know, the, the biggest crisis I ever had was one time I didn't have a backup of my accounting stuff and it was just a nightmare. But And that seemed, really sort of pales into comparison with what we have today. And and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is why cyber is so important to the big dogs that are doing these national defense contracts, as well as the person that's down, you know, running the hot dog stand on Main Street, because you're gathering all sorts of information. And you think about what you as a consumer, uh, later on today, Josh, when we hang up the phone, you're going to go onto some website and you're going to give them some information, whether you know it or not. And it's the information that these companies have on today's consumer is, is scary. Obvi- right. The obvious ones are the credit card numbers and names and addresses. And, you know, if you look, I'll use my travel agency analogy. Okay. If somebody's able to get in and I'm transacting, okay, I, I can get the credit card number, the name, the address, and they can know exactly when they're traveling, when they're out of town. It's just crazy. Uh, and, and there's something that really shouldn't be overlooked by nearly every business has to have some level of cyber protection, I would think. Yes. And, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's why, uh, if you've been hearing about the cybersecurity model, uh, certification, right. That, that, that CMMC, that, that, you know, fundamentally it's that maturity portion uh, that the government and particularly the DOD right now is trying to make sure every defense contractor at least has some level of verifiable security. Because you know the, the concern there is it's just like the letter grade you know for a restaurant you know uh, it, level one through five instead of A B C or D or F but fundamentally how well you're 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 treating that information so when we look at the problem here we think the same thing's going to happen uh, that that's happened in the broader uh, cybersecurity community that that the government U.S. government's going to say hey here's going to kind of be our standard and that's going to replicate because ideally we get to the point where you're able to go look at that company. And look at their website, and they have that that maturity number grade on their website. You know, are they a one, or are they a two, they or a five, and that tells you at least to the degree of maturity that their practices are and what they're doing to protect the data that you're trusting them with. And five being the best, uh, five being the best, yes. Okay, well, Equifax needed to have a five, and they didn't. Right, <laughs> way, way back when. Which, 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 you know, fundamentally, they were doing a lot of great things. The the challenge there was that that their vulnerability management uh, was uh, a little bit lagging. And so there was a, there was uh, you know, some patches that didn't get put in the right places in the, in the right time frame. Well, and that I think uh, I, if, yep. if memory serves me right, that was a, a delayed announcement of that breach. I mean, it had happened months prior to, it wasn't like there's this big alarm that goes off saying, Hey, you know, like, like in the movies, you know, it's like the red light, beep, 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 right. you know, there's a hack happening, you know, it's, this was something that was discovered Somewhere along the line, some engineer turned around, and said, "Oh crap," and backtracked it. So, and and that really ties into what you said earlier: is that you know you've got this fifty-three or fifty-two day to fifty-four day to maybe ninety, even eighteen months before you realize where these criminals are. Right, and because it, 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 the fact of the matter is, is that it depends on what you're looking at. It depends how much monitoring you're doing. 
uh, you know, and, and, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that it, it's to that, that criminal's advantage to make it seem as nothing's gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just another day, another day at the office. Nothing hasn't turned on any lights or rang any bells and it's just chugging along like it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Well, uh, as, so John, I, th- I thought you made a great point there with, uh, you know, when you lost your accounting data there at, 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 at your um, your travel company, uh, you know, because fundamental those fundamentally those fundamentals still matter. Uh, you know, if you if you backed up your data the, uh, in a good way, then you don't have to worry about the, the loss of that data or the you know either through through the machine failing or through now ransomware. Uh, you know, because you have a backup of the data. So so consequentially, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's a little bit of an annoyance. It's it, but it, it's not catastrophic for your company. Oh, with that, I, I've heard stories about with the uh, Baltimore ransomware that happened, I guess that was about a year and a half ago, uh, or maybe it was a year ago, where they were, um, you know, basically took the system down. And they've, uh, I've talked to other people who said, you know, the, these cyber criminals tend to be honest people when they say that they want $600,000. You give them $600,000 and they go away and they will give you the key to unlock your computer and they won't do any more damage and they'll move on to their next victim. Uh, and, and they said that, you know, my gosh, you know, you could have paid $600,000, but that whole ransomware through the Baltimore City thing was I, it was over $2 million or something like that in cost, which is just absolutely absurd when you think about what it could have been prevented. But it was that whole, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists thing. Right. And, and it, it's important to separate uh, between what is criminal activity or organized crime and what is uh, a terrorist activity or, or even, you know, a, a, a country or nation state uh, kind of activity. Right. And, and unfortunately, there, there isn't a clean line between who's doing what, when, where, why and how. Uh, you know, so sometimes it looks like it's one thing because that's the perception they're trying to provide where, you know, so so it maybe maybe they're just simply trying to you know, knock down a, a city's uh, you know, infrastructure for for political reasons, uh, but they make it look like it's criminal reasons. And so, you know, the calculus there: do you pay or don't pay? Uh, you know, sometimes is, is very much dependent on whether you think this is just a criminal that will go away with the money or not. Interesting. Okay, it's something I had never uh, never really thought of. Well, I'll tell you, Artilist.com is where you can learn more information, and that's because uh, you guys merged two words. You merged Ardent and Catalyst, and you made up your own word, but it's uh, A-R-D-A-L-Y-S-T.com, and you're right over there on Ridgely Avenue in West Annapolis, right? Not right now. We're all on our oh, own. Oh, yeah, not right, not right now, unfortunately. But. <laughs> you know, but, but we, we, we formed to be passionate change agents, right? We, we, we were looking at the place where – uh, you know, we have all these different things that are happening with, with cyber and cloud and, and digital transformation and hacks. And, and, and fundamentally, you know, the, the way the ecosystem is set up right now is that it's not accessible. It's not scalable. And so, you know, fundamentally, how do we change the system so that, uh, you know, the, those those one or two person companies that are just trying to get started but have a, a real impact on our on our country, on our community, uh, or just even on that one family or set of families. Uh, how do we get them to the same level of, of capability to to thrive in environments like we have today? Valid point. Who should call you? We, we looked at some of the, the country's hardest problems and, and, you know, they sometimes trace down to the, the, the guy with the hot dog stand out in the pier. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, like the, the problem is the same for everybody. Um, the solution needs to be a little bit more tailored. 
but but that's that's what we do. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of whether or not you, you can do everything all at once or you start out with something small and then build up from there. And that's what we're talking about when we say maturity. Um, there's a solution for everybody. And I would think that it would be who every business owner, management, uh, leadership team or whatever it is to really give some thought as to what information you have that is valuable. And, and we all take information for granted. It's, you know, I, I pick up my iPhone and I know it has your phone number in it. I pick up, uh, you know, my, my laptop and I know that I can get online to, to get my emails and I can get, you know, all, all of that stuff. And we just take that for granted, but they're all very vulnerable in certain ways. Yeah. So, John, you know, we, we're, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants uh, is, is the, the computer science uh, analogy. And, and, and so, you know, those different layers of abstraction and, and, and who and how and what is underneath all that, what that tells uh, the world about us as an individual, uh, you know, that matters, what it tells and, and does for us as, as different you know, nonprofits or, or, or various companies, whether they're small or huge. But fundamentally, when we get down to it, it's how you know your business. It's how you know what you're depending on. And it's how you manage the risk of that. And that's where we help. That makes sense. I mean, I think it makes sense to, uh, you know, at least check it out and put a, put an email in. It's info at artalist.com. We'd get you uh, the conversation starting. You know, it, it it may prove to be a inconsequential conversation, but I bet it would probably prove to be a little bit more consequential than anybody would ever imagine if they, um, they did that to find out what the vulnerabilities are and the ramifications moving forward if you do or don't act on it. Yeah, John, you know, th- we live in interesting times right now. And, and, you know, there, there's really kind of two kinds of companies out there. There are those that are uh, figuring out how to thrive in this kind of space as we move forward and those that are hoping that we go back to how it was. You know, if you want to thrive, if you want to move forward, there's probably going to be some additional work in terms of digitizing what you're doing and how to do that in, in, a, in a secure way that helps you not only survive but thrive in the space. Microsoft is actually giving away uh, licenses right now. Uh, you can get, uh, I think, six months free for a year's worth of service. Uh, a lot of other different incentives. Maryland was giving out a uh, Buy Maryland uh, cybersecurity tax credit. And even with the, the small business COVID emergency relief grants had in it, you could use that to invest into your organization and, and help digitize it. So uh, hopefully more of that money comes along here and, and helps companies invest in that. Uh, but fundamentally, going forward, we're going to have to think about how we thrive in this space. You know, obviously, in the electronic and the digital space is one aspect. And I think just as we go around, I mean, I've been talking with a number of my clients who have been sort of trying to guess what the future looks like. What does it look like for a restaurant, you know, eight weeks from now? What does it look like for the the comic book store on Chinkapin Round Road? Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to be a very different world moving forward, uh, physically as well as digitally. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting space. You know, and, and, and that, that's why to, to our name, right, you, you need a passionate change agent to help, help you go into that space. Uh, there, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, and, and, and we want to help replace it. Absolutely. Well, Joshua Sullivan, who is the chief technology officer, and Jessica Lawrence, who is the lead analyst for Artalist. Dot com And that's, again, A-R-D-A-L-Y-S-T. If you have any kind of uh, computer infrastructure that helps to run your business, it's it's worth going over to the link and checking it out and, you know, maybe inquiring and finding out how they can help you and, um, you know, where, where you stand, where your vulnerabilities are, because they are all around us and we may not even know that they're here, but these guys probably do. Or if they don't, they're probably on it and uh, I would think probably 
fairly quickly anyhow. Hey, John, I just wanted to say really quick, you know, um, we, we appreciate you having us on the show today. Um, you know, we're, we're all, we all live in Annapolis. We're based in Annapolis. We're in the general area. And uh, this community is important to us. Um, you know, I, three of our executives received their MBAs from the University of Maryland. Josh's wife grew up here, as he mentioned earlier. She's a native. Um, I worked at the Naval Academy for 10 years. And we're all fans of, of local small businesses. We are a small business, and, and we want to continue seeing our local businesses thrive and get past this current crisis that we're in. Um, so our ties to the community are strong. And we know it's a tough time for small businesses. The disruptions of the coronavirus and, and the shift to remote work are really making everybody more vulnerable. And as we see in the news pretty regularly, adversaries are taking advantage of that. So it's an important subject. And like, to reiterate, Josh, you know, we're here to help. Um, we don't want small businesses to back burner cybersecurity because they're afraid it's too hard or too expensive. It, it's really not. And we're here to help. We're here to help companies figure out what their first and next steps should be based on what their business needs are. And just to uh, to tag on to what you just said, um, yes, our website, you already mentioned, but we're also on Twitter at Artlist, and we are also on LinkedIn. If you look up Artlist, uh, we're the first ones that pop up. You're probably the only ones that pop up, right? We're probably the only ones that pop up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Josh O'Sullivan, Jessica Lawrence, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for the great information. And uh, again, I encourage anybody that's got any kind of computer that's critical to their business and their infrastructure and their livelihood, uh, artlist.com, A-R-D-A-L-Y-S-T. And right over there in West Annapolis, I would say go visit them, but you can't do that right yet. But uh, on Ridgely Avenue, They've got the expertise. They're here. They're local. I know before we started recording, Jessica said that and we may have passed in our walks this morning. She was out walking by Davis's and I sort of passed by that area <laughs> earlier. So, um, but thank you guys very much for coming on. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, John. It's been fun. This has been an update from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Twitter at ionanapolis. And be sure to subscribe to our daily news brief podcast, which is delivered every Monday through Friday to your phone or device at 7 a.m.